you have finally made it, Flames fans. The regular season is upon us. It's our first game day of the season. Your Calgary Flames kick off the 2023-2024 season tonight from the Scotiabank Saddle Dome. An 8 p.m. puck drop against the Winnipeg Jets. All the talk is done. The roster changes are done for now. It's new vibes, new feelings, and a new season for the Calgary Flames. And we all get it started tonight. 7 o'clock Flames warm up with Pat Steinberg from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems Hot Stove Lounge. 8 p.m. puck drop right here on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Derek Wills and Megan Mickelson on the call. I am excited to get things going. We're live in the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studios on this Flames game day. Logan Gordon along with you. Cam and Taylor, my outstanding producers. Busy two hours. Lots of Flames talk coming your way. In just moments, we'll hear from the head coach, Ryan Huska, head of coaching his first regular season game as this team's new head coach, along with a couple of veterans. Nazem Kadri into year two with the Calgary Flames, Rasmus Anderson, and Noah Hannafin on tap as well. We'll get you our expected lineups for tonight's game. Lines, deep pairing, starting goaltender coming up in just moments as well. Plus on the program, uh, Wednesday regular Andy McNamara is going to join us. Fantasy football guru will answer all of your fantasy football questions ahead of week six in the NFL kicking off on Thursday night. If you want to, you can start sending your questions in now at 960-960. The fan feedback line is always open to you here on Sportsnet today. That's coming up later this hour. Alex Forfar from Sportsnet 590, the fan in Toronto, is going to dive into the NHL opening night with us in hour two. Also get her thoughts from afar on what kind of season she expects from the Calgary Flames and a great opportunity to check in with the opposition. Always love chatting with our pal Ken Weeb from sportsnet.ca. The Jets hammer out a couple of very important contract extensions ahead of the season opener. We'll get a feel for how the Jets are doing after the Shifley and Hellebuck contract extensions and what we can expect from Rick Bonus's group heading into tonight's game against the Flames. That, of course, is where we're starting today. You've made it through eight preseason games. You've made it through a summer of will they or won't they? And here we are. We officially kick things off. We are just about, eh, let's call it seven hours-ish away from puck drop tonight at the Scotiabank Saddle Dome. And take us back to what was for the Calgary Flames last year. A year of controversy, of hurt feelings of just overall bad vibes and how much has changed from when the team lost and lost more games than they should have down the stretch to teams like Chicago and others failing to make the Stanley cup playoffs with Daryl Sutter as their head coach. The GM is gone. The head coach is gone in Ryan Huska and Craig Conroy, a new coaching staff. Tyler Toffoli is off to New Jersey. Yegor Sharangovich is here. There's a youth movement here in Calgary. Oh, and just recently we learned that progress is certainly being made towards 
a new home for the Calgary Flames as well. All of that encompassing the last few months for the Calgary Flames, but it all gets going for real tonight. Can good vibes turn into a better product on the ice? That, to me, is the biggest question going into tonight's first regular season game for the Calgary Flames because not much has actually changed. Yes, there are some new faces. There are some younger faces that are going to get more prominent roles, but this team is not drastically different than the team that missed the playoffs last year. What they are different, how they are different though, is in their approach, in the day-to-day operations of the team, and just making it a better place to come to work. And we've heard that throughout the entire offseason from Anderson, Huberto, Uyghur, whoever it is. And the biggest question for me is, what? how is that 10? How can you... It, it might not mean anything in the standings. This team could finish worse than they did last year. They could also finish ahead of where they did last season. And we can sit here and say the good vibes and the way they went about their business changed everything for this team. But that's what starts tonight in my mind is, okay, we've talked about this new approach. We've talked about how we're going to do things differently. There's a bit of a change in the D zone coverage. There's a lot of excitement for Mark Savard doing things differently on the power play for this team. But the core remains the same in Calgary. And if they're going to get it done, it's going to be the likes of Jonathan Huberto, Elias Lindholm, Nazem Kadri coming back and being the players of the Calgary Flames. No, they can be. But guys that underwhelmed last year, along with a lot of guys, Jacob Markstrom is in that crew as well. Do we get more of the Mackenzie Weger that we saw in the second half of the season as he got more comfortable in his surroundings. What does year one look like for Matthew Coronado? I'm excited for all of it. And to finally put the preseason and all the offseason storylines behind us and begin focusing on game one of 82 tonight at the Scotiabank Sound. Let's get you your projected lines and D pairings for tonight's game. It looks as though Dryden Hunt and Dennis Gilbert will be your extra forward or your extra forward and defenseman tonight, I should say. Let's kick things off with your top line of Jonathan Huberto, Elias Lindholm, and Dylan Dubé. We've seen that the last couple of days at practice for the Calgary Flames. Yegor Sharangovich finds himself on the left side of Nazem Kadri and Matt Coronado. Andrew Mangiapane with Michael Backlund and Blake Coleman. A.J. Greer recently claimed off of waivers from the Boston Bruins is on the left side of the fourth line with Adam Ruzichka at center and Walker Dewar on the right side. Your D pairings, Hannafin Anderson, Zadorov with Uyghur, Osterley with Tanev. Your starting goaltender tonight is Jacob Markstrom. Let's hear from head coach Ryan Huska, his first opportunity to coach the Calgary Flames in a regular season game as this team's head coach. How's he feeling on a game day? Let's head to the Scotiabank Sound Loman here from Ryan Huska as he gets his team set to take on the Winnipeg Jets. Well, the, the wait is over for you and for the team. How are you feeling uh, prior to your first 
official game behind the bench as head coach? Good. I mean, there's a little bit of, of nerves, but that's a normal thing for me, and I think that's a normal thing for most players. And um, this time of the year is exciting, and I know they've put in a lot of work to get to this point, and it's it's now here. So it's it's time to enjoy the moment and get ready to play. How much sleep did you get last night? Uh, not too bad, actually. Last night, I think it still was the leftover turkey. Help me out. Feel like the team is is ready for this now? Um, I I don't know if a coach will ever say that a, the team's 100% ready for everything. There's always things that you'd like to see them improve on, but I know the energy level and I know their their commitment and compete is going to be there tonight. You know, it's taken some time to get to this point where you're now a full-time head coach. You're about to coach your first game for real as a full-time head coach. Have you taken a moment to kind of process everything and just? take stock of the fact that you finally reached this moment? Uh, that was kind of a, a summer thing for me. I mean, when we got into training camp the first few days, you, you sure, you, you revisited a little bit, but um, after that, you move on pretty quickly. Yeah, I saw a little bit of Winnipeg in, in preseason. Does that do anything for you in terms of your practice? Uh, it's, we know what Winnipeg's all about, um, the strengths of their team for sure. Um, but you see different lineups, exhibition time, and the game will be different tonight for sure. Ryan, when I say what the comfort level of a second year like player in his second year, like with Jonathan and, and Nas, <clears throat> how how big a role is that? That now they're comfortable with the city, comfortable with the team, and, and they kind of know their way around a little better. Yeah, I think it's a big thing. Um, you know, there's a lot that comes into play when a player is traded or signs with a new team, and it's not just on the ice learning new things. It's it's everything that comes with it, especially guys that have been in a city for as long as um, Jonathan in particular was. So there's a lot that comes with it. Coming back um, for your second year, uh, I feel like all that stuff aside from hockey is gone, and now you can just focus on being your very best. So we expect them both to be that way here tonight. Ryan, this might be a hard question to answer because you've got four lines and three pairings, but you did a lot of experimenting in eight preseason games. Is there a commitment to keep these groups together, or is that fairly fluid? Uh, it's fluid. I think we'd stay the same way. So ideally, you want to find... Um, pairs and, and combinations that are, are really connected. So if we can get that tonight, we'll stay with it for as long as it stays that way. What are you mindful of in a first game of the season? What do you want your players to be mindful of? Is it energy level? Is it X's and O's? Obviously, you like everything to yeah. go perfect, but what would be the key points you'd be driving home? I, I think the one big thing is managing your emotions. You know, this is a, they say it's 8 o'clock start, but it's 8.16. Um, and it's a long day for them. And if, if they're going to redline at 7 o'clock at the evening, then they're not going to have what they need for the full 60 minutes. So it's managing your emotions the right way, making sure the energy is where it's at. And then uh, I, I think early on is you, you don't beat yourself. So what you're doing with the puck, how you're playing the game, how you're taking care of your teammates, those things matter early on in the season. Ryan, what's Dan Lambert brought to your staff? Um, Dan brings a good energy about him. He's a very positive, upbeat guy, and I think the way he sees the game um, is quite a bit different than m most guys. He's a former defenseman that was an offensive player when he played, so he sees things a little bit differently. Um, and I, I, I think his background that he's had as a head coach and assistant coach under different head coaches along the way, um, his experiences along the way have been invaluable, and part that I love about him is he's not afraid to share those ideas. Flames head coach Ryan Huska speaking to the media on Wednesday morning following morning skate. His first regular season game as the head coach of the Calgary Flames is tonight. Flames and Jets, 8 o'clock puck drop right here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. I'm incredibly, first of all, as we've talked about pretty much since the hiring happened, I'm incredibly excited for Ryan to begin this opportunity. I think it's incredibly well-deserved. 
He's worked his way through the organization and I think is a very deserving head coach candidate. I've liked how he's operated his training camp. I like the vibe that he's brought. He's a, I don't want to say that he's a player's coach in the sense that he, he can't be hard on guys because we've heard guys like Rasmus Anderson, you know, say, Hey, you know, there was a time when Husk was hard on me coming up in the system and wanting me to be better. I think that Ryan Huska has the ability to, to push when he needs to, but also understands that, it, you know, today's player isn't the same as the player was 20 years ago um, when he was first getting into coaching. So the coaching staff is exciting. You heard him talk about Dan Lambert there, his experience with the group, obviously Mark Savard's work with the offense and the power play is going to be one that we're excited to watch tonight. The coaching staff, it was going to make a massive change, no doubt, going from Daryl Sutter's system to what we see with Ryan Huska this year, and it'll be our first chance to see it in a regular season game tonight against Winnipeg. Nazem Kadri, one of the guys that uh, you heard in that scrum with the head coach being asked about guys coming into their second year with the Calgary Flames, who may be disappointed a bit last year. You can definitely throw Jonathan Huberto into that mix. To a degree, I think Mackenzie Weger's a bit part of that, but definitely Nazem Kadri, an interesting piece to watch for this Flames team. A very strong start to the season, an all-star representative for Calgary, but the second half, not where he or the team wanted it to be. How is Nazem Kadri feeling going into tonight's regular season opener, his second with the Calgary Flames? So opening night, how are you How are you feeling going into another season mm-hmm. opener for you? Um, just always anxious and excited. I think, uh, you know, obviously playing out the preseason, you just want to get to these games that, uh, that matter. And, you know, we're, uh, we're an excited group today. And what's, uh, just how different do you anticipate the on-ice play will be with the new coach and new assistant coach, coach of the forwards there? Um, well, we're, we're going to try to be predictable to ourselves, you know, obviously uh, make plays when they're there and, you know, just always make the right play, the high percentage play. If you got nothing, then, uh, you know, obviously, uh, not force it, but it's nice to have uh, you know a refreshing look offensively and just try to um, you know score some goals any any time we can and create some dangerous uh, opportunities. And I want to ask you about the comfort level in the second year in a new town. I guess what mm-hmm. how, you, how much more comfortable do you feel coming in this year? Than yeah, make it adjust the Well, it's definitely better for sure. I think just getting to know everybody and that's a positive about uh, our dressing room. You know, we don't have uh, a whole lot of new faces, so it's uh, the familiarities there. Just you know, playing with each other and. I think that goes a long way, uh, you know, the, the longer you do it. So uh, we're excited. A few guys going to be more and more comfortable, and, uh, you know, hopefully it shows out there. It's the little things as well, just getting to know the city, mm-hmm. getting to know your way to the like, Of course. Those are eventually kind of big mm-hmm. things to get used to. I think so, yeah. I mean, it's uh, any aspect. I mean, getting to know, uh, you know, the media, the, the city, like you mentioned. I mean, your living situations, obviously probably the – comes number one and uh you know i think once you're comfortable uh, away from the rink you know you, you can kind of start to be yourself at the rink so uh, it's just uh, nice to have that flexibility and you know this year uh this year we have it there's been a lot of talk about last year but in this room is is that now forgotten is it all just focused on on what's ahead mm-hmm. of course I, I don't think you can dwell on the past really you can just worry about the future and what's uh, what lies ahead of course we knew the situation last year we fought hard and uh you know just didn't just didn't get the the breaks and the results that we wanted. So it's a new year, um, you know, new look in, in terms of systems and how we want to operate. So uh, you know, that's definitely exciting and rejuvenating. 
Do you, do you have any opening night memories in your career that stand out, or maybe your first one, or the nerves, or anything like that? Does any memory come to mind? Um. Yeah, I think I think it's it's always a funny feeling, you know, starting the season off and uh, you know getting ready to uh, you know face the the roller coaster ride that that is an NHL hockey season. So, you know, there's going to be a lot of a lot of positives, some negative along the way. It's just a matter of how you respond, and that's uh, you know what allows you to be a consistent, established NHLer. So, um, you know, most of the guys have that in this room. Always the first one's the most exciting. It's nice to start off at home in front of our own fans. Any opening game superstitions or rituals, something you get done on game day of the first day? Uh, nope, nope. Just um, you're asking the wrong guy. So I'm not a very uh, superstitious person. I just go about my business, my routine that I've been doing for years. And, uh, you know, of course, always before the home opener, you kind of get those butterflies. And, uh, you know, that, that means you still have the passion and the love for the game. And uh, that's always an exciting uh, aspect. So no, haircut this <laughs> no, no, no game day cuts. That's frowned upon for me. Guys have said that it's just a, it, it's fun to come to the rink. How can that affect a team on the ice? That enjoyment. Um, yeah, it can affect the team a lot. I mean, it's fun to win. Uh, you know, that's uh, that's what makes coming to the rink fun. So uh, if you're losing, I don't care who's coaching or who's managing. I mean, it uh, it sucks. So. I think, uh, you know, creating that winning atmosphere, that winning culture is, is the most fun, and I think we understand what we have to do to do that. Nazem Chaudhry, he kicks off his second year as a member of the Calgary Flames tonight. He's centering a line with Yegor Sharangovich on the left side. That's going to be an interesting pairing, of course, and Matt Coronado on the right, the exciting young Flames rookie who's seen time on the first power play unit the last couple of days of practice as well one more flame to hear from on a game day let's hand it over to rasmus anderson another year for him as the flames number one defenseman he's on a pairing with his usual partner it's noah hannafin and rasmus anderson as the flames number one d pairing heading into game one against winnipeg let's hear from him as he gets set for another game to start the season against winnipeg can you just uh, give a thought on the overall anticipation as now it's finally here and it's game day for night one? Yeah, I'm going to try not to use the word exciting. I heard that quite a bit yesterday, but um, it's it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, you know, as I said yesterday, it feels like it's been a long uh, preseason here, and um, so it's going to be fun to get back to it and um, just get ready to play, get the H back, and, uh, you know, uh, hopefully get off to a good start. Has the lead-up to the season actually been fun? You know, we talk a lot about how last year wasn't fun for you guys. Have the vibes actually changed for you guys? Has it actually been fun? Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, you know, just to get back together with the guys and, you know, do a few team activities here and there and uh, that kind of stuff. So um, it's been it's been fun. Uh, it's been fun times so far. And uh, now we just got to keep going and uh, win a few games here. Ask about the division. A lot of people are saying Pacific Division might be the toughest in hockey. Just how, you know, how tough is it going to be every night? These division games are going to be a lot. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree. With the people who says that it's uh, you know we got a lot of good teams in our division, so we got to get off to uh, off to a hot start and uh, you know take care of home ice and go on the road and um, get together as a team. Can you can you all feed off maybe a little bit of that underdog mentality that that other guys have kind of talked about, kind of being under the radar? I, I don't know if I agree with underdog mentality. I mean, we have a few changes from last year, but you know 
where we have 15 returning players and uh, you know we all know what they um, they said about us last year so uh, we just got to find the swagger within the guys and uh, trust ourselves that we're a good team and uh, we'll win a lot of games so if you're not an underdog what do you consider you guys what do you consider yourselves to be <laughs> yeah we'll see uh, but you know I think we're a really good team and uh, I think we got to show that off the start here and um, as I said play with the swagger play with the confidence and um, just go out and take care of business. What do you think of the, like, last year around this time, you guys basically played your first whole month in Alberta and, like, one road game, and then you have the home game tonight and you have a handful of road games after that. What are your thoughts on how that, on that cork in the schedule to start off the year? Yeah, I mean, uh, it, it, last year was tough, right? It's, uh, you start off with, what was it, 10 out of, 9 out of 10 home games, and, uh, yeah. But, you know, it's, um, the schedule is what it is, honestly. It feels like, um, you know, we get a tough schedule because we're a Western team. and uh, But, uh, you know, it is what it is. We just got to take care of our own business and, um, as I said, have a really hot start to the season. They say it's easier to bond on the road than it is at home though, because you guys have to do everything with the last Yeah, yeah I, know, I mean, it's true. Uh, you know, when you're home, you want to spend time with your kids and wife and uh, that kind of stuff. But when you're on the road, you know, you go for dinners with the boys and uh, a few team dinners here and there. And, um, you know, you, you talk in a different way when you're on the road. You know, you, you tend to relax maybe a little bit more. So, um, yeah, it's, I mean, it's, uh, I think... Either way, how you look at it, you don't want five, six home games in a row to start or five, six home games or road games. So, you know, uh, we started at home tonight and then we'll take it from there. Are you, are you superstitious when it comes to opening night or anything like that? No, no. no let's, just, let's just go. I'm ready. I'm excited. <laughs> is there anyone here who is? Yeah, there's a few superstitious guys, but, uh, you know, they... You know, you can call it superstitions or you can call it routines. I mean, I have my routines. I don't know if it's superstition, but, you know, you have your routines be, uh, before uh, before game day, and um, that's just the way it is. And uh, I feel like that's that's how I prepare myself the best. I wouldn't call it superstition, just the way I prepare and the way I know, you know, I, I trust my myself when I do my, my things. There you go. Rasmus Anderson, Flames defenseman. Earlier at the Scotiabank Center, the following morning skate, he's paired up with Noah Hannafin for tonight's opener against the Jets. Once again, Flames pregame with the one and only Pat Steinberg goes at 7 o'clock right here on Sportsnet 960, the fan. And then Derek Wills and Megan Mickelson have the call of the Flames and the Jets. Puck drop at 8 o'clock here on Sportsnet 960. Of course, going to be a little bit later, as usual, with the home opener, introductions, uh, player intros, all that sort of thing. So probably a little bit past 8, but it's a late start anyways. On this Wednesday evening, Flames and Jets part of six games on the NHL schedule tonight. It all kicks off at 5 o'clock. Classic battle between the Habs and the Leafs. We've got the Sens and the Hurricanes, Blackhawks and Bruins. Blackhawks with a upset victory over Pittsburgh yesterday. Connor Bedard with his first NHL point. Avalanche and Kings go at 8 o'clock. That's the same for the Edmonton Oilers and the Vancouver Canucks. Season opener for both of those teams. Jack Campbell, first off the ice at Oilers practice this morning. He is your expected starter for Edmonton tonight against Vancouver. We'll take a break. We'll come back on the other side. Start sending your texts in now. If you need fantasy football advice, our fantasy football guru, Andy McNamara, is coming up next. Time for another edition of Ask Andy. That's when we come back here on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. All right, taking a quick break from hockey on this Flames game day to take a peek at week six of the NFL season. It kicks off on Thursday night, an AFC West battle 
between the Broncos and the Chiefs. Kansas City favored by eh, ten and a half. That's that's pretty much how it's been going for the Broncos this season. Uh, whenever we talk NFL football, especially fantasy football, uh, there's no one we'd rather do it with than our Wednesday regular. Andy McNamara, he joins us down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline this afternoon. AMC, how are you, pal? I'm doing good, Logan. How are you, man? I'm doing good, man. Getting uh, excited for the week. Uh, it doesn't look like it's going to be a great one on Thursday night, but <laughs> you never know. We could be surprised. It's a divisional battle. Right, right. Lots lots of things. Hey, anything's possible. Any, this could be a good game. Uh, the, the Flames could win the Stanley Cup. Lots could happen. <laughs> Everything's possible right now, right? Exactly. Anything's possible. Uh, AMC, as usual with these chats, uh, we have to start off with the injury news, and boy, do we have injury news uh, for fantasy football players right now. Let's start with the big name and the one that was probably drafted highest, uh, Justin Jefferson on the IR for the Minnesota Vikings. That's a massive hit to the Minnesota team that's already uh, been down and out at parts of this season. How do you see this uh, affecting the fantasy values of Kirk Cousins and those other Vikings wide receiver options? Well, the good thing is, I don't think, while obviously you're not replacing Justin Jefferson ever, uh, it means that other players now become more fantasy relevant. I think it's a big boost to TJ Hawkinson. Uh, the rookie Jordan Addison, who, well, he's probably gone. He was rostered in 88% of most leagues. Give a peek, see if, see if he's there. But a guy who I think if you're a Jefferson owner or you're looking for some depth this week is KJ Osborne. And Logan, this is somebody that we're not just saying, oh, he's next up on the depth chart, give him a try. The difference is this guy's done it before when given the chance to get some volume, right? He did it last year, did it the year before, and he's popped. So going into the waiver wire, he was rostered in only 9% of leagues. I'm sure that has jacked up quite a bit, but I would put KJ Osborne at the very least in a flex role this week. Quick reminder, I know we already got some in before we joined Andy, but Send your texts in to 960-960. If you have any fantasy football questions you want to send Andy's way, ask Andy's coming up in just moments. Start sit suggestions, trade options, waiver options, anything that you need help with, get it in. We'll get Ask Andy going on in just a few moments' time. Uh, I feel bad for Anthony Richardson, man. I'm so excited when mm. this kid's been on the field, Andy, but now twice already this season he's gone down with injury. How does this affect the Colts and what they're doing? It's already an interesting situation now with Jonathan Taylor back in the fold. Yeah, that's it's tough with Richardson, and that's sometimes what you see when you have physical quarterbacks who use their body, you know, a little bit raw. And I was expecting him to, and it doesn't mean he still can't be durable, but more Cam Newton-esque, who really, for what, like five, six years? Like Cam Newton, you that's why they called him Superman. Like you couldn't yep. hurt the guy. And then when the kryptonite came in, then he got really hurt all the time. And that was the end of Cam Newton. But I, so I, I sort of expected the same type of thing at the very least Garner Minshew keeps the Colts players around him, And there's not that many um, fantasy relevant Garner Minshew has won games in this league. He can distribute the football. I don't think it's too big of a dip for Michael Pittman. Um, I really like a guy, Josh Downs. And I think he's somebody that let's say you miss, miss out on a, um, uh, a, uh, K.J. Osborne, for example. Josh Downs might be a nice pickup. I- ideally, I'd like to see 
what he does this week with Gardner Minshew, but he could be an okay spot starter. He had 15.7 fantasy points last week. He had six catches. Four of those receptions, by the way, came when Gardner Minshew came into the ballgame in relief of Anthony Richardson. So uh, that's another person that I think you can jump on still, even after a 15% add-on, he's uh, still only rostering 24% of, uh, of Yahoo League. So Josh Downs might be a nice play too. What do you make of the Jonathan Taylor situation? Zach Moss certainly wasn't affected by it last week, but it feels like they're going to, with this new contract with Jonathan Taylor, eventually get back to him being the lead back in, in Indy. Is that how you oh, see yeah. things too? Oh, yeah, for sure. Last week, he'd been injured. He hadn't played. They want to ease him back in. It's it's classic, right? Yeah. Now, is he going to get a full workload this week? I expect more full. I'm not sure, but... If you start Zach Moss, just know it might work out this week, but you're playing with fire. Like there's going to be some point you start him, and it's going to be a Jonathan Taylor day and it's not going to go well for you. Kudos to Zach Moss for the season he's put up. Like he was an afterthought coming out of Buffalo. So he's done a great job. Do they try to do a little bit of a mix? I don't know. You, you play, pay Jonathan Taylor that type of money. That seems like bell cow cash to me, Logan. That's like, Hey, we're going to run this dude until the tread is completely <laughs> off the tires. Yeah, it kind of feels that way, and I'm sure Jonathan Taylor uh, owners are hopeful that's what's happening after uh, four weeks on the pup list. Uh, other running back news, disappointing. It's been a really, really impressive year uh, for Devon A-Chain in Miami. He hits the IR now, Andy, out at least four weeks, and it's a crowded mm-hmm. running back situation in Miami as it is. We know Raheem Mostert's had a good year as well, but now Jeff Wilson has been activated uh, for his 21-day practice window what are you feeling about the the Miami Dolphins running back situation with a chain now on the IR for at least four weeks yeah now it gets a little bit more dicey I think there is going to be some separation for Mostert so if you're a Raheem Mostert owner that is good news then you mix in Jeff Wilson based on experience and what he's accomplished should be kind of that one B to Mostert's A Again, once he gets caught up, is he going to get a full workload this week? How much is a Chris Brooks or uh, Salvin Ahmed going to be worked in? Ahmed's popped before two. So it could get really muddled, but I still see most of it as the top guy. Andy McNamara is along with us. He's our fantasy football guru. Every Wednesday here on Sportsnet Today, get your questions in at 960-960. Ask Andy's coming up in just a few moments' time here. Now, a really interesting situation for the running backs in Arizona as well, and he seems like every year you can pretty much bank on James Conner missing at least a couple of weeks. Yeah. Looks like that's going to be the situation in AZ as well. Yeah, it is. And one guy I really wanted to add, and I got a, a few share a, a shares of off the waiver wire, was Amari Dimercado, who I'll be honest with you, Logan, I never heard of the guy before. <laughs> never heard of him. Not a clue. Yeah, but. But the guy was popping, uh, 2% roster going into the waiver wire week. Um, so he's been working in the passing game a bit too, had four catches in his last couple of games. Really stood out when James Conner left 10 carries for 45 yards. Undrafted rookie, but I like, in those situations, I'd like to look at their last year in college. And he went 5.6 yards per carry, which isn't nothing. That's significant. You're, NFL, you're above four, you're looking good. College, that's, that's a nice number there. So the only problem with this is, is coming out uh, today is that a guy, Keontae Ingram has been activated from IR and on the depth chart right now, he's ahead of Imari. So 
this uh, this is uh, perplexing because you'd think based on how he performed and being in full swing, it should be Amari, but Ingram is ahead of him on the depth chart. I would be tracking this. Um, do you get Ingram? Like, it might not hurt to, to pick him up if you didn't get Amari there, but I want I want to track out. I'm going to be following the Arizona kind of, you know, like beat writers and stuff. I want to see in practice the rest of the week. How does this actually look, you know, and, and yeah. try to hash it out from there. Uh, curious if you see any increase in fantasy value for Van Jefferson, who was traded earlier this week to the Atlanta Falcons from the LA Rams. Uh, I've been a Van Jefferson fan and have hoped that he would have broken free at some point. He just never Never really happened. And unfortunately, he gets a significant downgrade in quarterback. Like, yes, whew, you go like, man, if you're only seeing the ball, you're getting two to three catches a game in, in L.A., you go to Desmond Ritter, they're not using a Drake London or Kyle Pitts effectively. What chances Van Jefferson has? As of right now, I wouldn't even bother with him as a speculative ad right now. Uh, all right, you can continue to get your questions in to 960-960. If you need fantasy football advice, it's time for our favorite time of the week. It's time for Ask Andy. You've got fantasy questions. He has fantasy answers. Helping you week by week in the leagues you love. It's time for Ask Andy on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. All right, AMC Week 6 edition of Ask Andy. You ready to roll? Let's do it. Uh, who wins this trade? Half PPR league, Brees Hall for Raheem Mostert. Hmm. If it's a redraft, I think, you know what? First of all, I think that's a really fair trade. I think both sides can win off of that. Brees Hall still is going to be the guy in the backfield. I always like it when I there is a clear definition as the true number one. Mostert still is going to be in some sort of a timeshare, so I would give a slight edge to Brees Hall, but really, I think both sides are looking good. This uh, text number looks familiar, but uh, another trade question for you. Uh, should I move Austin Eckler for Saquon Barkley and Javante Williams? No. No. No, don't do that. Don't do that at all. No. Uh, Eckler's a stud. Barkley can't stay in the lamp. Giants are washed, and Javante Williams is hurt. No, no, no. Our pal Robin Warman texting in Justice Hill, Gus Edwards, or Rashid Shahid to start. Oh, boy. Like, you're getting, unless you're getting a touchdown, man, you're getting like eight fantasy points no matter what. Sorry. Uh, right? That's, that's kind of where, how I see this one. Like, Justice, Justice Hill and Gus Edwards monopolize each other. And what do we always talk about on the show here, Logan? That Lamar Jackson is the best running back on that team, right? So then we look, okay, well, what about Shahid in New Orleans? And had a couple nice games, but last week did nothing, just a couple catches. The workload's gone down. You know what? I, I, I guess go with Gus Edwards, but, uh, you know, I think you're going to, unless there's touchdowns, I think you're going to end up pretty much with the same type of production, uh, high single digits. Uh, half PPR, I need a flex spot, Andy. Josh Reynolds or Zay Jones? Mm. Reynolds has uh, Reynolds keeps having me a little bit nervous but that being said Zay Jones is banged up with a knee injury he sat out Wednesday's practice so uh, tracking that and, and a midweek injury I would say in this particular case you sit Zay Jones uh, how do you like a quarterback this week Andy uh, Kirk Cousins or CJ Stroud 
I'm going to go CJ Stroud, man. I'm going to like the, the guy does has not thrown again. No interceptions. Crazy. It's unheard of for a rookie. Unheard of. It's absolutely unbelievable. But um, while I will say with CJ Stroud, it is a very nice matchup for Kirk Cousins as well. It is a division battle though, and we know. Look, Kirk can get you some beautiful fantasy games. He's given you three already this year. Uh, I would just say for this week for me, I'm going to go with C.J. Stroud. Uh, Mixon or Ridley in a flex spot this week? Ooh, I'm going to say, you know what, even though he's been a little inconsistent, I'm going to say Ridley. I just think there's – there's but the Jacksonville Jaguars are still untapped. Yeah, and it was a big win last week. Huge day for Ridley last week. And let's not make a mistake about it in in London. But he had a couple duds um, against Indianapolis. I think this is could be the start of Jacksonville really starting to turn a corner. So I'm going to say Ridley. Uh, is Jonte Foreman playable this week, or even worth having on my bench for the next couple of weeks? You know what? Interesting you say that on the Sick Podcast with Andy McNamara, my Under the Wire Waiver Wire Pickup Show Tuesdays on YouTube. Uh, I put him in there, and. This is a, if you have space, grab him and wait and see. Because here's the thing, Logan. He is, remember the Simpsons episode where Homer said the two sweetest words, default. <laughs> default. Yep. He was fourth, fourth on the depth chart. Three other guys had to go injured for him to get a sniff. And we don't know if they're going to be playing or not. So you know what? Pick him up. If, if you have the room, if you got, you know, you can drop somebody, pick him up and see. Because just, just the likelihood of all three guys being either unable to play and him getting lead back work is a little iffy. We have seen, though, when given the chance in the past, he has popped for a couple games and looked good. So it's not the worst uh, speculative ad to hold. Uh, should I consider trading Justin Jefferson? I'm in a full PPR league. I'm sitting at two and three currently. It really depends what you get. He's going to miss four games. Um you're selling at a low point though, yes. right? You're selling the best player in fantasy football at a low point. Uh, put it out there. I always say, no matter what the player, if you're looking for a ship, put it up to the league, see what you get. Maybe you're surprised. Maybe someone to, isn't paying attention. Maybe someone doesn't care about the injury and you can get something really good. Um, so float it out there, but really depends on the return. If, if you do get trade offers though, hit us up on, on social and let, let me know and we can go from there. Absolutely. At Andy MC 81, you've still got time to get your questions in. On the week six edition of Ask Andy, text us at 960-960. Uh, this is an interesting one, Andy. I'm in a 10-team league, no IR spots. Do I drop A-Chain or Anthony Richardson or try to keep both of them, drop both of them? Any advice to help me out here? 10-team, no oh, IR boy. slots, an interesting league. No, I've never heard of a no IR spot league before. Interesting. Uh, I would ask for some more information in how deep is your bench um, is Anthony Richardson, you know, is he your backup? Who's your other quarterback? Uh, who are your other running backs? And with a 10 team league, there could be some interesting players on the waiver wire. Who's available on the waiver wire. Again, it all comes down to if you can keep a guy, both those guys and still have starters and, and be okay. Great. If there's somebody floating around there with two fewer teams than usual in mm-hmm. that league, then it might be worth it. So I'd say let's get a little bit more information to the texture. If, if you don't mind sending again, tweet us in at Andy MC 81 hashtag ask Andy. And um, yeah, let's see. I'm, I'm intrigued with this. Uh, Andy, I need to start two of these three, please. Scary Terry, Cortland Sutton, or, and Mike Thomas. Mm, I'm going to say sit Sutton. It's been too disappointing. Burn me, burn me the other week too. 
I got. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm down. I'm down on Sutton. Uh, but Michael Thomas certainly is no sure thing. I'm not impressed really with him either. But um, against Kansas City, eh, there's always a chance for a bit of a shootout. But man, mm, I'm gonna say no to Sutton. That's the guy to say. Yeah, I've been hoping for some as a guy that's got Jerry Judy in a league and Cortland Sutton in a league. I've been really hoping for some garbage time points out of yeah. the Broncos, and I haven't gotten any whatsoever to start the year. No, no. The, the, you know what's interesting though that Russell Wilson is fantasy relevant and was or and is earlier in the week only rostered in 56 percent of most leagues and look the guy's gotten fantasy points uh over 18 fantasy points this past week and are over 22 the week before so you know what for a quarterback just in broad sense if you're looking for a quarterback take a look if russell wilson's there there you have to separate the real life horror show that is the denver broncos because russell wilson himself actually hasn't been that bad fantasy wise uh, a couple usage questions here with Cooper Cup uh, back and looking good. Do you think Puka will continue to produce? I do. I think Tutu Atwell is the odd man out as of right now. Um, you know, it's it's good for Puka and Tutu that Van Jefferson went. Again, not that he was eating up a whole bunch of targets, but that's just another guy there. Yeah. So, I, and by the way, I wouldn't, if you don't have to, I wouldn't drop Tutu yet. Uh Another injury could happen, whatever. But I think as of right now, we saw a Cooper Cup first game back. We saw Tutu's production decrease. We saw Puka's stay very relevant. So I think you're, you're good with Puka right now. Uh, and we talked about this a little bit earlier, but uh, still worthy of having Zach Moss around as a handcuff on my bench? Yes. Oh, yeah. If you can yep. keep him, keep him. Absolutely. Because, again, we assume – and I think rightfully so that Jonathan Taylor eventually is going to get back to a full workload, especially with Gardner Minshew. And they're like, this could be a feasting time, but maybe they want to work in Zach Moss more. We don't know. Like he might. And yeah. Jonathan Taylor back from injury, long layoff. We see all the time players go down. So absolutely. If you have Zach Moss, absolutely keep him on your bench. Uh, a couple more here, Andy uh, is Purdy worth starting for the rest of the year, or should I just be streaming him on certain games? Mm, that's a good question. Um, I think with Purdy, we've seen where he sort of fell into, let's say, um, you know, just kind of that game manager role early. But last three weeks, the guy's 20 fantasy points, 21, 26. I, he's in the territory now where he looks amazing in real life and in fantasy. That's three straight weeks in a row. Um and the one came against the last one, the best one came against Dallas. That was before that game against the 49ers was ranked first place in a whole bunch of categories. So yeah. I think you got to roll with Purdy. Yeah. And some games coming up, Minnesota, Cincinnati, a couple of teams that are giving Cleveland. up some points. Yeah. Oh, my Browns. I am not <laughs> optimistic, man. I am very, I am, I am scared for this one. Yeah. Especially with, uh, it doesn't look like Deshaun oh. Watson's trending towards playing that game either. Oh no, no. It didn't practice today. Very weird injury stuff going on there, too. It was a shoulder contusion. Now it's a rotator cuff bruise. He's not outside. He's inside. He's rehabbing. He's throwing. He's not throwing. I don't know. In any case, I'm not. I Yeah, I'm I'm not stressed about the game because I just really don't think there's a way the Browns win it. So Fair enough. Uh, looks like a super flex question here. Uh, half PPR, Jimmy G, Josh Dobbs, or Damon Pierce in my flex spot? Jimmy G, Josh Dobbs, or Damian Pierce. Okay, Pierce is too capped, so let's, uh, you know, he's getting you 11-12, so let's throw him out. Yeah, I would say still, even though it was not a, um, and, and teams, look, Josh Dobbs is being 
starting to be figured out a bit. Um, still has a bit of his legs there, but really came crashing down. I would say if you want to play it safe, even though there is that injury risk, I think you go with Jimmy G. Uh, quarterback question, Tua or Lamar this week? Uh, Dolphins have the Panthers, the Ravens, excuse me, take on the Tennessee Titans. Uh, yeah, I'm going I'm going with Tua. Uh, it's just, it's just been, that offense has just been too good, except, of course, the you know Buffalo uh, situation where they got beat, but they came right back. They won against the the Giants, um, and you got Carolina. Carolina's not good, man. No. This this is, I think, I think this could be a real uh, statement game. And I was I was surprised last week. Two touchdowns, two interceptions for Tua. So disappointing um, statistically. In he just was shy of 19 fantasy points. Should have had more. This could be a get right week for him. Uh, last one for you today, Andy. Jahan Dotson droppable at this point, or should I hold on for hope a couple more weeks? Hmm. Again, if there's somebody you'd, you'd like to drop or someone you'd like to pick up, sure. I wouldn't sweat it if you wanted to drop them, though. Like, if you're just going to drop them and leave an empty roster spot, then, you know, keep them, yeah. right? But if there's if there's somebody else that you like out there and, and he's the guy that is the, the on man out, then you can do that. Like, I would drop him for K.J. Osborne. Um, I, I probably would drop him for Josh Downs, to be honest with the Colts. Maybe if he's out there, even Rashi Rice of the Chiefs. Who, uh, who has flashed a little bit here and there. So those are three guys that, if they're there, I would feel comfortable dropping Dotson for. But if it's just some you know, some other guy, you might as well hold him. Uh, AMC, what do you got going on in the sick podcast, man? Oh, well, look, you can check it out right now. The Tuesday episode, we had the waiver wire pickups, lots and lots of fantasy football talk on the sick podcast with Andy McNamara on YouTube, uh, at sick pod Browns at Andy MC 81 on Twitter, Sundays live 10 a.m. Eastern again on YouTube. You can get your questions in hashtag ask Andy. That's going to be live 10 a.m. Eastern with our buddy show. Ali. He's going to join me as well. Two good people. Love it. Andy, as always, my man, thank you for the time. Appreciate you as always. Uh, have a great week. Good luck to your Browns. We'll talk to you next week, pal. Oh, we're going to need it. Thanks, Logan. Talk to you soon. <laughs> See you, pal. Andy McNamara, our fantasy football guru here on Sportsnet today, a Wednesday regular down the Atlas Peach and Sports Bar guest hotline. If you didn't get your question asked, you still need some fantasy advice, Andy is kind enough to do so on Twitter. Hit him up at AndyMC81. Make sure you use the hashtag AskAndy. He'll get you some fantasy football advice ahead of week six kicking off with Thursday Night Football, the Broncos, and the Kansas City Chiefs. We'll take a break, come back on the other side, kicking off Hour 2, more hockey talk. We're getting you set for the Flames and the Jets. Home opener for the Calgary Flames is finally here. We're excited for it, just a couple hours away. Keep it locked right here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan.